Would you please welcome Dr. Denny Miller, please? Thank you, Dr. Davenport. And I greet you in the powerful name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. The name at whom every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. Well, we're delighted to be here. Uh, Sandy, uh, as we were in the worship service, she's, she leaned over and whispered to me. She whispered something I was thinking in my mind, that this is a whole lot like the church we pastored in, in Nacogdoches, Texas. We pastored for 22 years before we became missionaries. We've been missionaries now 25 years. But so many similarities, so many similarities we saw. One thing we did in the church we pastored is we started a what I called an institute of lay ministry, ILM we called it. And in this institute, we taught lay people how to do ministry. Uh, one of our courses would call, was called lay pastoring, lay pastoring. And we taught them how to visit people in the hospital, how to pray for people, and how to comfort people. My uh, theory of ministry was that it's not my responsibility as pastor to visit every sick person in the church, but to see that every sick person is visited by someone who is competent to minister to them. And so we did that. One course we taught was ministering spiritual gifts and divine healing. And uh, out of that came a book I wrote. The first, the first book I wrote was a book called Power Encounter, Ministering in the Power and Anointing of the Holy Spirit. I wrote it as a Bible study course, Bible school's course for the Assemblies of God School of Theology in Lalongwe, Malawi, where we, where we taught. And, uh, and so we, uh, we wrote that book. Well, actually, it began with just class notes. It eventually became a book. That book is now in, ele in 11 languages. It's uh, most recently, this is very, you know, it's, it's good to see, well, it's, it's encouraging to see what you do used. You know, we do, do we write these books so they'll be used. And thank you for mentioning that uh, maybe it was the book in Step with the Spirit. I don't know which book it might have been. <clears throat> but the book Power Encounter has been translated into Romanian recently. Uh, and uh, it's used in Romania to train our Assemblies of God missionaries. They wanted that book to train their missionaries. And the Assemblies of God in Romania is really one of the most aggressive of our European churches in sending out missionaries. We have some that have been doing it for years, like the French church and the British church. But the Romanian church is really, uh, really on the ball sending out missionaries, so thank you. Well, we met the Allens uh, just a while ago. This is the uh, brother and sister-in-law of Larry and Rhonda Allen. Larry and Rhonda Allen were our next-door neighbors in Malawi. Sandy was in the same car when uh, uh, thieves attacked the car, and Larry was shot in the chest. <clears throat> I was in another country. <laughs> I remember when the, when the missionary in that country came to me, he said, now, don't, don't sit down. Don't get excited. Don't get excited. Your wife's been, Larry Allen has been shot, and your wife was in the car. Well, I thought, well, I better get home. But it, I found out if I if I took a plane, this was how many about three days before we was, I was in West Africa. This happened in East Africa. If I was to reschedule and take 
a, a, a new route and go home immediately, I would get home four hours earlier. So we just stayed. Sandy emailed and said, don't worry, everything's okay. Later, those same thieves came back. They, did, they, they didn't get the car. They were trying to steal our new speed of light car. Later, the thieves came back. I, I was home then, and they busted into our compound with AK-47s, took the car, and took Larry with them. And so Lynn, Larry's son, and I, we got in our car, and we headed out trying to track him down. We didn't know what we was going to do. But actually, what we, what we were worried about is finding his body along the side of the road somewhere. But by the time we got back home, he was back home. They'd kicked him out of the car and said, we'll just take the car. You can go on. <clears throat> and then we would we would invite people, say, y'all need to come to Malawi, and it, it, it's a safe place. And, <laughs> but you felt safe, didn't you? You really... Well, you know, we thank God that we said yes to the call to go to Africa. A lot of things have come from that. We oversee a ministry, as your pastor said, called the Acts in Africa Initiative. Uh, our mission statement is mobilizing the church for spirit-empowered mission. And so we work with our 50 national churches in Africa, helping them to mobilize for church planting and missions. I like your goal, 10,000 saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. I would add something to it. 10,000 saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and mobilized as Spirit-empowered witnesses. Because uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't end with speaking in tongues. It includes, it includes speaking in tongues. But that's by no means the purpose. The purpose is empowerment for mission. I'm going to preach for the next few moments on... Uh, a subject called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to kind of lay out, just so it'll be clear in our thinking, what this experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. I want to talk about why it is important. And then I want to talk a few moments about uh, how we can receive it. And then we're going to, I'm going to invite everyone in this place to join me, and we're going to ask God to fill us with the Spirit. Every person in this building this morning needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's not no one here that doesn't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we're just I think that's why we come to church is to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Of course we shouldn't wait till Sunday to Sunday. Someone said to me once, Dr. Miller, why do you insist so strongly that every Christian be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And my answer is because every Christian has been called to be Christ's witness. And Jesus said we receive power to do that through uh, this experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I, I had a corollary to that, that not only should every Christian be filled with the Spirit, but every Christian should be filled with the Spirit every day because we've been called to witness for Christ on a daily basis. I want us to read three passages of Scripture before I get into what I want to say. The first one in the Gospel of Luke all of these passages of Scripture mention the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and that's why I'm reading them. It's interesting that Jesus began his ministry uh, by being filled with the Spirit, and he ended his ministry by commanding his church to be filled with the Spirit. But in uh, Luke chapter, let me find it here, Luke chapter 3, Verse number 15, 
As the people were in expectation, let me read, let me read that. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Christ, John answered them saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Then jumping down a couple of verses. So when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Then in verse 23 it said, And Jesus began his ministry. Isn't that interesting? Jesus began his ministry when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, commenting on this experience, commenting on this experience in Luke chapter 4, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the good news to the, to the poor. And he goes on. And so the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Another passage is in John chapter 3. Let me find it again. Okay. John chapter 3 verse 29. The next day, he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who's ranked, who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And so here John introduces Jesus with two names. He said he's the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world, and he's the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. In other words, he, pro he provides the way of salvation, and he empowers his church to proclaim this, the message of salvation. Well, I'm, I'm interpreting there, but I'm, I'm interpreting right, by the way. By the way, okay. Well, I only, I only interpret right. Well, if I get it wrong, show me and we'll, we'll change it. But that, that one was right. Okay, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Again, the, this phrase, baptism in the Holy Spirit, or baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, is mentioned. This is Jesus just before he ascends into heaven. You see, verse 9 says, After he had said these things while they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud received him out of their sight. That's verse 9. Now let's back up to verse number 4. When while staying with them... 
Jesus ordered them, his disciples, not to depart from Jerusalem. Now, he had just told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now he tells them not to leave Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Going to verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Father, we ask that you come upon us as you came upon Jesus, as you came upon the disciples on the day of Pentecost. Come upon us, empower us, and fill us to be your witnesses. In your name we pray. So I want to ask and answer three questions. The first question is, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? It's mentioned in all three of these verses. Let me answer that three ways. Number one, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a powerful experience from God. It is an experience whereby the Holy Spirit comes upon a disciple. He comes inside that disciple and fills that disciple and empowers them for effective ministry. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is, is what happened to the disciples on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, just like we're together here this morning. In fact, it said they were all sitting together, just like we're sitting, except me. I'm not sitting, so I'm out of step with everybody else. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, blowing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There's where the sitting word is. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We see this experience repeated throughout the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit comes upon people, He fills people, he empowers them to speak and to do the works of God. And so this is what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not, a, it's not an experience that is, let me put it this way. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not received unknowingly, as some would have us believe. You, were, you don't know it, but you were baptized in the Holy Spirit when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. That's not how it's presented in the Bible. It's presented as a, a, a discernible, knowable, powerful experience that is available to God's children. So that's the first thing. It's a powerful spiritual experience. The, the second thing, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a promise for all believers. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, it said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, Everywhere we see people filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, everyone present is filled with the Holy Spirit. This at least implicitly we see God, it's, it's, that God's will is for all of his people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. After the Spirit had been poured out on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up to preach. And just as Jesus explained what happened to him at the Jordan River by quoting from Isaiah 61, Peter explained what happened to them 
at Pentecost by quoting Joel chapter 2. And he said this, this what you see, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, uh, Spirit, evidenced by speaking in tongues. This, this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. On my handmaiden and maidens will I pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Peter added that second and they shall prophesy. Which is significant, but we won't go into that. So here's what he said. This is what was spoken. I will pour out my spirit on all humankind. All flesh. All humankind. On your sons and your daughters. How many here, you're either a son or a daughter? Let me see. Let's see, most of you. Okay. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see vision. How many is either old or young? Or somewhere in between. Okay, on my, on my servants, both men and women, will I pour out of my spirit in those days. How many, the implication is on servants and on masters. How many either got a lot of money or don't have much money? <laughs> or somewhere in between. Well, that pretty well covers us all, don't it? it you know, if Joel would just said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, a Jewish man would think that means all Jewish men. He said, oh, oh, yeah, everybody, all Jewish men. But uh, the prophet spelled out very clearly that this, this experience is for all people. After Peter had preached a while, the Bible says they were cut to the heart and cried out, Peter, or called out, men and brethren, what must we do? You remember that? And what did Peter say? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, every one of you. In the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And every one of you implied will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you. To your children. To all who are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's a promise for everyone. It's a promise for you. I want you to point at your neighbor and look at him and say you. You shouldn't point your finger now. It's not polite. Point it at yourself and say, for me. That's the main thing we should know today. God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit, and he will. It's a gracious gift that God will just give to you for asking. Don't fail to ask for this precious gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's a promise for all believers. But the third thing I can say about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, still defining, it is a command of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. Jesus left his church with two commands. Go and stay. Get whiplash. He said, go preach the gospel to every creature, but first stay in the city and be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we need to stay to be filled by the Holy Spirit for the same reason. That we can be more effective in serving God. So it's a command. It's a command. And, and, and your commands are given for one reason. To be obeyed. 
And so, uh, but you know, well, it, it's good to know that. But it's more than just, it's, it's not like you command your child to drink the medicine. You know, in my days, medicine, when I was a kid, medicine tastes real bad. I think probably still does. Uh, but it really was bad. My mother always had a cracker. Did you? Whose who's mother's had crackers? You would drink that stuff and you'd put that cracker in your mouth. And... But that's not what we're talking about today. This is a blessed, wonderful gift from God. And so that, uh, we could say much, much, much more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it is. But I want to talk, ask, answer this question. Why? Why is it so important? Why, why is this experience so important that Christ would command us to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, some things you command your children to do. Some things you give them a choice. They say, Mama, I'm talking about a little one. They say, Mama, I'm going to play with my truck. The little boy says, okay, play with your truck. But when he says, Mama, I'm going to go in the street and play with my truck. Then you say, you stay out of that street or, or I'm going to spank your bitches. <laughs> Are you spanking bitches? I don't know. That's kind of... Well, I don't spank my son's bitches anymore. He's about twice my size. But he got more spankings than I can, uh, you can imagine. Once I had one of my members say, if you're, you know, pastors get help raising their kids. If you had spanked that boy, he'd do better. I said, well, I've already spanked him three times today. You think the fourth one's going to do the trick? <laughs> well, that's another subject, isn't it? Come back for our parenting seminar <laughs> later. But we don't receive the Holy Spirit so God won't spank us. We receive the Holy Spirit because we have a job to do. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses at home, in all the area, even to those in Samaria, even to those disfranchised people, to those unacceptable people and even to the ends of the earth. So the, Jesus has commanded us to be filled with the Spirit because every Christian has a responsibility of witnessing effectively for Christ. And I know if you're like most Christians, you're saying, I, I want to witness for Christ, but I'm not really effective at it. But Christ has given us provision, and that provision is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Something we see happening in the book of Acts is every time someone is filled with the Spirit, and there's no exception to this rule, and it happens several times in the book of Acts. Every time someone is filled with the Spirit, they begin to witness immediately and effectively. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, after they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. After Saul of Tarsus was saved on the Damascus road and Ananias came and laid hands on him and he received the Spirit, the Bible says immediately he began to proclaim that Jesus was the Christ. This was the same man who was persecuting this. I, we, I could take you example after example. 
Paul went into Ephesus, found 12 men. He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? They said, we don't, we don't even know about this Holli Spirit. He prayed with them. They were filled with the Spirit. And if you read just a few verses down, verse 10, he said, well, Paul took them and trained them and preached the gospel. He said, and, 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 and after the space of two years, all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And so uh, we need to be filled with the Spirit because we need power to live our Christian lives. You cannot live the Christian life without the power of God. You cannot live for God without God. <laughs> He's told me to say it again. He's the boss. You cannot live for God without God. We need His help. And the Holy Spirit provides help. Sometimes in Africa, I'd be teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I say, the Holy Spirit empowers us for life and service. That's kind of an oblique statement that it's hard to get a handle on. I said, okay, let, let's, let's write it on the chalkboard here. And we have chalkboards in Africa, by the way. I love chalkboards. I do. You know, if you don't have dust all over you, you're not a teacher. <laughs> don't you think so? But anyway, I say, okay, what, what does you have to do to live for God? And someone said, you have to pray. And so we write pray on the. Someone else says, well, you have to witness. We write witness. Someone says, well, you need to worship God. And so we write worship. I write with my left hand, by the way. And someone says, uh, you need to live holy. Okay, you live holy. And so this long list of things that Christians do. And I would say, did you know you cannot do any of these things without the help of the Holy Spirit? We can't pray as we should without the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul, he said, we don't know how to pray as we should. That's NASB. The, the NIV said, we don't know what to pray for as we should, but I, I like the NASB. It says, we don't know how to pray as we should. This is Apostle Paul now saying this. The guy who was caught up into the third heaven. Was it the third heaven? He was caught up into heaven because of his visions. You know, because of the multitude of his visions, he was given a thorn in the flesh. Remember him talking about that? And this guy is saying, I don't know how to pray as I should. That puts us in pretty bad shape, doesn't it? But he said the Spirit will help our weakness. And he will pray through us <coughs> with groans too deep for words. And he who knows the mind of the Spirit will pray through us according to the will of God. I didn't quote that just right, but I said, said what it said. I like to quote things right. But you know, you read from several virgins and before you get them kind of tangled up. But that's all right, too. Pray. Do you want to pray as you should pray? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let Him pray. I'm not saying you cannot pray until you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we have a weakness in prayer. 
And that weakness in prayer can be helped by being filled with the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to pray through us. How about understanding the Word of God? Now, you can, under, you can read the Bible and understand it. I'm not saying that you can't. Because even a sinner can read and be saved. But even in that instance, the Holy Spirit is helping him. But Paul said, those things which are spirit, spiritual must be discerned by the spirit. Those things that are spirit must be discerned spiritually. And Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide us into all truth. And so being filled with the spirit and, and read, reading in the spirit, reading in the spirit, uh, reading uh, with your heart open and the, allowing the spirit to work will open up new insights into scripture. Have you ever tried to live holy? Who wants to try to do that? How successful were you? <clears throat> we cannot live holy on our own. See, the Bible commands us to be holy because God is holy. <clears throat> and we know our righteousness is Christ's righteousness. We, we all struggle in these areas. We struggle. But we're not alone. Jesus said we're sanctified by the Holy Spirit. He said, if you through the Spirit do put to death the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. The Holy Spirit will help us in these areas. And, and, and the more we have of His Spirit, the more help we can get. And so we could go on and on. I've got a list here. I'm going to just mention one more and then get on to something else. Here. Love. You know, Jesus has told us to love as he loved. Jesus has told us to love our enemies. Those that would seek to harm you, you're to love them and pray for them. Jesus has commanded us to love in a way that uh, is beyond our ability. But the Bible says in Romans 5 verse 5, that the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that's given to us. And so if, if you'll be filled with the Spirit and learn to walk in the Spirit and respond to Him, then you'll learn to love more ardently. You, you husbands will love your wives more. And the wives say, that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> and the wives will love their husbands more. And parents will love their children more. And we will all love the lost more. Our hearts will reach out in compassion to people rather than anger and bitterness. And so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of these things relate to our witness. Living holy, we're, we are called to live holy because we represent a holy God. It's not holiness in a vacuum tube, you know. If you don't live holy, God's going to get you. Well, that's true. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> but there's greater motives. We live holy in order that we might, re we might represent him to others. And, and holiness, I'm telling you, holiness includes kindness and love and pity. 
Holiness is like, let's call it godliness. And godliness is Christ-likeness. And so we are, if you're not convinced now, I don't need to go on with this, but we all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How can I say this? We, We will become more of these things. I'm not trying to say that you don't have these things. I'm not, I wouldn't say that. Because anyone who is born again, the Spirit indwells them. And He's working in them. But, but these things will be magnified and enhanced as we walk and yield to the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the final question, I'm going to answer this question at length in this service this evening. I'm going to be preaching from Luke 11 where Jesus uh, tells us how to be filled with the Spirit. Luke 11 verses 1 through 13. But I want to answer the question, how? How can we receive the Spirit? And the answer is by faith. We receive by faith, not by begging. Not by getting worked up into some emotional state. And I'm not against emotion. But that's not how you receive the Holy Spirit. In fact, the the, the night Jesus was uh, resurrected... Uh, you remember he met his, he appeared to his disciples in an upper room and he said to them, peace be unto you. Yeah. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This tells me that the Holy Spirit is best received when our hearts are at peace. When our hearts are at peace. But he also said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Right out of the grave, I'm sending you. Be filled with the Spirit. And so... Often we talk about three steps we're going to take together in just a moment. We're going to ask in faith. We're going to receive by faith. And we're going to speak in faith. Jesus said in in, uh, Luke 11, 13, the Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. And so we're going to ask. In In verse 9 He said, ask and it will be given you. Seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be opened. We'll deal with those issues tonight. But ask and it will be given you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask God for the Holy Spirit. And I have a question for you. What will happen then? Okay, let me start over. Jesus said, ask and it will be given you. We're going to ask for the Holy Spirit. And what is Jesus going to do? He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. Every time. Every time. You don't have to wonder about that. God will give you the Holy Spirit. But then you must receive the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus said in Luke eleven nine, asking it will be given you. Luke eleven ten, he said, everyone who asks receives. The receiving there is in the active voice. That's grammar. Active voice. Don't you love grammar? Oh, well, I didn't see any hands. uh, Do we have any math teachers here? Okay, I'll say this then. My brother posted on Facebook here a while back. He said, another day has gone by and I haven't used my high school algebra. (laughs) Well, you use it more than you think. But... The simple thing is asking, it will be given. When we, so we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit, and God's going to give us the Holy Spirit. 
We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come upon us. We'll feel his presence upon us. Then Jesus said, everyone who asks receives. So once we sense his presence upon us, we're going to invite him inside. We're going to say, in Jesus' name, I receive the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I breathe in. And then we believe that we have received. Here's what Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty four: Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be given you. Be careful. Jesus did not say, believe that you will receive. He said, believe that you have received. And so you say, God, give me the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come inside me. I believe that I have received. And focus on the inside, and you'll sense the presence of God inside you. Some of you will sense his presence strongly. Some of you not so strongly. doesn't matter. Once you sense his presence, let it come out and begin to speak. The Bible said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, the words will not come from up here. They'll come from your spirit, from your innermost being, Jesus said. From your, from your belly, <laughs> King James Version. From your belly, from your inner core, from your spirit. And you'll sense his spirit upon you. You'll invite him inside. You'll sense him inside. And you speak. And you give it voice. It'll be, as, it'll be as natural as you can imagine. It'll be supernatural, but it, it won't be forced. You just, you just let it happen. Cooperate with God. And God will speak through you. And when you speak in tongues, this is what it is. Speaking in tongues is God's sign to you that he has empowered you to witness for him. It's God's sign that you have been enabled to speak by the Spirit. Not just in tongues, but in English. And you can go tell people about Jesus and God will help you. As Peter did on the day of Pentecost. He stood up in a plunk he uttered forth not only in tongues but uttered forth in Aramaic in the common language and the people were cut to the heart amen see this is a wonderful thing we're not left on our own to do these things so I want you to stand and here's what we're going to do we're all going to pray everyone stand with me please I guess you can sit down they did on the day of Pentecost but if you sit down and pray, sometimes I sit down during song service just because I'm old. I thought I, I stood for the first 50 years. I think I'll sit down the next 50. But God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to, I want you to know in your heart, look at me. God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He's not withholding. We're just going to reach out. We're going to ask in faith. Now, when I say we're going to ask in faith, this is how it looks. Heavenly Father, I come to you and your faith say, says God is listening. Oh, God is listening. God, give me your spirit. And your faith says God is giving me his spirit. That's what faith is. And you'll feel his presence upon you. And then we'll worship the Lord for a minute. And I'll lead you in a second prayer. And we'll say this, this is the prayer. In Jesus' name, I receive the Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit, come in. I receive you. You'll sense his presence inside. And then we'll speak. Begin to speak, not from your head, but from your spirit. Don't be afraid. Some of you will speak one or two words. Others will speak many words. Don't worry about it. Just continue to yield to the Holy Spirit. And, you, and you'll speak more and more. And, and when you speak, it's God showing you. There's other things happening. There's a release that happens. It's God showing you that I, I want to speak through you to lost people about my son Jesus. That's what speaking in tongues is. It's a sign. Let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father. Put your hands up. Heavenly Father. I have come to be filled with the Spirit. I commit myself to you and to your mission. I will be your witness. But I need your power, God. And I ask you now, give me your power. Pray this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, come upon me now. I yield myself to you. In Jesus' name. Now begin to worship him. Sense his presence upon you. Now let's invite him inside. Say, in Jesus' name, I receive the Holy Spirit. Come inside me, Holy Spirit. Fill me now. Breathe in. Say, I believe that I have received. And believe it. Sense his presence on the inside. Now begin to speak. Speak now. Speak. By faith, speak. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I feel like there's possibly some people here who would say, uh, Dr. Miller, I want to be filled with the Spirit, but I would like to have hands laid on me. Often in the book of Acts, people received as hands were laid on them. And uh, if you feel that way, then uh, just come on up here, yeah, and the pastor and I will lay hands on you. if you'd like hands laid on okay praise the Lord here's one and others we're not we don't want to make a spectacle out of you maybe you've been filled with the spirit and spoken tongues maybe you've not been filled with the spirit and spoken tongues but still hallelujah we just want to not to uh, make you a spectacle but just to help you Okay, this is wonderful. Pastor Davenport, would you come up here and help me pray?